it can happen to anybody at any point in their lives. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so important for us as, as human beings to not be so judgmental about people or towards people and to show kindness. Hello, and thank you for joining me here on Hope to Recharge podcast, the podcast that's designed to break the stigma around mental health and to create some hope and inspiration and give some practical tips to those that are struggling with mental health, whether it's from personal stories to break the stigma or some advice from professionals in the mental health community. Whether you are struggling with mental health on your own or you know a loved one that is struggling, we are here to support you and to create a community so you you know you are not alone. The road to recovery can be difficult and challenging. At Hope to Recharge, we believe that in mental health, together is always better. I'm your host, Matana. Thank you for joining me here today. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp.com, the online platform for therapy. Are you thinking of starting therapy or are you in need of a new therapist? Go to BetterHelp.com and find the therapist that meets your need. You can access them from your phone, from your tablet, from your computer, no matter where you are in the world, no matter what time of day, you can find your therapist that fits your need. BetterHelp is giving us 10% off the first month. They are so affordable. Go check them out. BetterHelp.com forward slash Hope to recharge. That's betterhelp.com forward slash hope to recharge. Gift yourself therapy. Go get yourself wellness. Hello, hello, hello. And thank you for joining me here today. Today I have somebody from the UK, somebody that stopped his day in the middle of the day. He runs a bed and breakfast, a very busy man, an athlete, a go-getter, a young, vibrant man that I met on Instagram. He is so passionate about mental health awareness and breaking the stigma. And I said, I need to hear the story behind this passion. Please meet Mark West all the way from the UK. Thank you for Hello. joining me. <laughs> Hi. I, hopefully you'll love my accent as well. Americans <laughs> tend to love the British accent. We like any accent that's different than, yes. than New York, than the New Yorkers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm really excited that we finally made this happen. You have a very busy schedule and you're a very giving, passionate guy. We had a few schedules that didn't work out and it was all from the goodness of your heart. And you're such yes. a kind guy. And I'm oh, honored to interview you. And um, by the way, if you hear a dog barking, it's because Mark has a dog and we gave him permission to keep him on on the set. <laughs> okay, yes. so we're going to be very forgiving. Finley. Finley, Finley. Okay, so Mark, I, I found you on social media, on Instagram. I think actually a mutual friend of mine said, you have to check out this guy, Mark, Mark West. And I, and I, Every day you're like running somewhere else. You're doing something. You're on a <laughs> marathon. You're you're just on the go, on the go. And yes. and I'm not an athlete at all. And my audience knows that I do not like running. And and my passion is far from athletics. But I super get inspired by athletes, like really. And I wish I was that, but I'm not. And and I I have to come to peace with the fact that I'm not an athlete because I envy I envy people that are athletic. And when I see you run every day, almost every day, we're going to hear how much you run. It just pumps me up with energy. And I'm like, and and it's so beautiful that you do it for a, a great cause, which we're going to share with the audience. So Mark, before we deep dive into the cause, give us a little bit of a background. Where did you grow up? Who are you? Who's your family? What schools okay. did you go to? Okay. And, and what happened 
where in life did you meet mental health or mental illness? Okay. So, uh, so I'm, I'm just an ordinary guy, but thank you very much for your kind comments. That's very kind. Um, so I was born and raised in London, in South London. So I'm definitely a Londoner and a Londoner, Londoner at heart. And I just had an ordinary childhood, really. I was always very active. I always ran and track and field was definitely a, a favorite of mine. Um, most boys at the time were into soccer, as you call it in the US. Right. Um, we call it football. Uh, but athletics and track and field was my soccer and mm-hmm. it was always my go-to. And, and at the same time, we were, we were part of a very uh, busy family. So my parents were both at home and I had an older sister and she was a very, very good runner at the time. So I have great memories as a child of going out to very cold places all around the UK um, to cross country races and watching my sister. And that always inspired me uh, to run and to stay active and to always keep fitness in, in my life. So I, I sort of went through school and I sailed through school and I was one of those annoying children, perhaps, that loved school. It was it was never a problem for me. I really enjoyed learning. I always wanted to better myself and, and, and always strive to do better um so i went through school i was i was good academically and i was good at sport um, which was great um and i was always the type of kid that was chosen by the school to represent them whether it was in a debating competition or on the sports field as well um so then i went off to university and my degree is in english and media studies um and my hope was always to uh, work in the television industry um, which I did. I, I managed to do that. So I had a very good career in the TV industry. Um, and all through that time, I kept myself fit. And then I think what, what happened, my, my father had quite a, a horrific car accident mm. about 25 years ago. Um, and he uh, sadly lost his leg. So he was, a, he was an amputee. And I just remember the doctor saying to us at the time that, that he would just not have survived had he not been so fit. And, and this was a man that ran to work, cycled all the time. Um, and I guess in my subconscious, from that moment on, I thought fitness has to be part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has been ever since. And uh, running has always been in my life. Uh, and, and it's amazing because it's taken me to some wonderful places and I've met the amazing running community that are out there and, and who are incredibly supportive. And through my mental health and poor mental health, um, which I'll go on to talk about, uh, running has, has almost put an arm around me. It's, mm. it's given me a huge hug um, and that means a lot to me, um, yeah. particularly now. So your father is also an athlete. So what? my dad is a, an above-the-knee amputee. Um, he is 71 years young. Uh, but still trains five days a week. Wow. Um, and he is just an inspiration to me that you can do it. You know, and I believe really that there is a runner in everybody, even you. Even me? Matana, even yes. you. Yes. Should I come even to the you. UK and you're going to make me run? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you're more than welcome. Um, and really, it's just a step up from walking. That's all it is. Quite simply, you're just moving a bit more quickly than you are when you walk. Mm. Um, and I think that's the fantastic thing about running and the running community is that um, you almost identify with being a runner. So, so in any other sport, for example, if you swam three times a week, mm-hmm. you wouldn't say you're a swimmer. But if you run three times a week, we you're also runner. are runners. Yeah. We are runners. It, um, so you almost have that identity. And I think that's do. a really special thing. By the way, you guys click like the runners. There's like, even if you're in different countries and you never met each other, you have Absolutely. a bond, a bond. It's like this, it's like this universal language. Yes. That we have. Yes. Um, and that's what I love about it. I was in, I was in the Canary Islands in Spain in January on holiday and, and it was a Sunday and I was, I was on a cruise ship and I went out for a long run 
And even though we don't speak the language, you know, just the smile, a, a wave to each other, just an acknowledgement that actually we're in this together. Right. Um, and that's the great thing about races and, and being part of that community. Yeah. Um, we're in this together. So do you think that your sister became an athlete, a runner because of your dad? Like, did he start no, this so idea? She, they, my parents were always very encouraging and very active people. Um, my sister was very talented um, and she did some great things in the UK. Um, particularly as a youngster. So, you know, we'd run in national championships and place really highly. And then she, and then as, as lots of teenagers do, they fall out of sport and they find boys or girls or whatever. Right. Um, and, the, and their focus changes, but she, right. she, she did go back to running later in life and has run some very impressive times, uh, from lots of distances and won titles and things. Uh, so her, her younger brother is still chasing her times. Really? But, but yeah. As I get older, they seem to be slipping further away. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think, I think running and has always been part of our lives. And therefore, you know, what happened to my father only added, um, to that. And, and as I say, you don't need to do what I do. Um, you could argue that I'm at the extreme end of it. Um, it is a passion of mine, but it's about exercise and keeping active. And where my father's concerned, I know that his mental health has been much better because his physical health has been able to support that still, you know, despite his disability. Um, and I think if that inspires one person, then that's mm. fantastic. But it's yeah. definitely inspired us. A hundred percent. I have a very good friend that I've never met. Yes. Her name is Mona. And she also lost her leg for uh, an accident. And she runs a yes. whole movement for amputees. And she oh, takes really? them hiking on crazy, crazy hikes in the world. And yeah, she fantastic. started this movement, this whole or, um, nonprofit. She is remarkable. If there's one human in the world that inspires me, like to, to a, that I always come to tears when I, when I see yes. what she does always. Yes. And, and she just, she just goes, she goes for it. And she just, yes. she doesn't, she doesn't feel why me, it's not fair. She's like, what can I do with this? And this is what she trains all the amputees in her community we could do yes. this we're, yes. we're, we're, we're like really move forward and it's it's so inspiring to watch yeah and i and i think it's and my dad is the same very much he he disability what disability wow actually use the ability part of it to, to wow. make you push yourself forward wow. you know, it doesn't have to be a disability wow. it's an ability to do something else maybe to do the same thing but in a different way because of what's wrong but it's still the ability to do something else. And I think wow. that's amazing. Did he always have that attitude, even as soon as he, right yeah, after the accident? He was, he, he's always been a very positive person. And, and I know the day he had, he had the accident because it was so traumatic. I remember the doctors clearly saying to us, I mean, I mean, he was lucky to be alive, to be honest. Right. Um, but I remember the doctor saying that when you go in to see him, because he was in surgery for about 10 hours, wow. uh, uh, they said he may not realize that he's lost his leg. Wow. Um, so just be careful about how you, how you approach that subject. Um, and he was just very, very strong. And he just wow. said, I know what's happened. It's going to be okay. Wow. You know, we can deal with it and we'll deal with wow. it as a family. And he's just been positive ever since, which is, which is fantastic. Um, and, and as I say, he inspires me every day. Wow. Um, and that's just brilliant. I think that is like, especially for a runner or for an athlete that their identity, a lot of it is with their exercise and to feel like you lost a leg, you lost yeah. your identity and he didn't let that come in his no. way. No. What a lesson of courage. What a lesson of perspective of like to look at things from a different way. I have another leg, so we're going to do what we can and I'm going to make it work out. 
How does he work out nowadays? Does he have a prosthetic? So he does. So obviously he's getting older. He's 71 yeah. years young, as I say. So now he does. Uh, so he mainly uh, trains. So he trains five days a week. He does ridiculous amounts of press-ups and sit-ups. So his mm. core is very, very strong. Um, and I think he trains he trains predominantly on his crutches so he'll you know right. in the same way as we would run he'll he'll right. go out and he doesn't do the distance that he used to do of course but mm-hmm. um i mean he's so fit and well wow. i mean it's just fantastic to see really i i honestly believe that his mental health stability came from the workout like i really believe and i find i'm going to go a little bit into my story here and i feel like yes. if i was an athlete if i had the courage to run i wouldn't be so sick with depression for so long i really believe that it's the best medicine before medicine if we yes. can tap into running exercise yoga even what meditation if we can actually tap into that which i was not able to at the time when i was so depleted yes. i let myself get there but if as you said it prevented crises and i really believe that being fit and working out is the best case scenario you have for any um challenge that's going to come your way with mental illness like that's uh, your 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 strength yes absolutely I, I i totally agree i mean healthy body healthy mind right mm-hmm. um and also uh it's it's a way of it's a way of processing what's going wrong. And certainly for me, running was a way of processing what was going wrong with, with my mental health. Right. Um, and it sounds very dramatic to say running saved my life. Of course it didn't save my life, but it gave me the tools to use and to fall back on to help me because it's what I know. It's what right. I knew. And, right. and, and, and in the simplest terms, running is putting one foot in front of the other. Exactly. And that's sort of, relates to life right you know life is about putting one foot in front of the other and move, trying to move forward right. and, and that's what's interesting about running and mental health the correlation between running and mental health there are so many similarities yes. you know digging deep when when life is tough yeah. well in a marathon you need to dig deep when it gets tough um you know pain is temporary it when i'm running a marathon mm. it's painful in mm. life that you, you you face a lot of pain in our lives but it's temporary largely right. it's temporary so you can get through it um i always talk about people say to me when when you run marathons what's the best bit of advice you can give and i say stay in the mile you're in so don't be worrying about mile 10 oh, when you're in mile two fabulous. don't be worrying about mile one that's gone and it's the same with life oh, stay in the day you're in don't worry about what's going on in a week's time don't worry about what's gone behind you. It's interesting because the similarities between running and mental health it's are brilliant. many. I love that being the now. And it could be that you're in pain now and it could be the muscles are so achy now, but don't bring it into the future. Oh, I won't be able to get to mile 20 because I'm no. an aching now. Stay Deal with that. Yeah. Be, Absolutely. Jesse Itzler, my mentor says, be where your feet are at. I think be where your feet are at or something like that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think it's perspective, isn't it, Matana? It's, it's, I read a great quote the other day and it was about hill running and running on hills mm-hmm. and, you know, no runner really likes hills. Um, and if they say they do, then they're telling people. Um, but, but it was, again, it's about perspective, isn't it? And it said, uh, you know, think of a hill, you know, imagine a really steep gradient. Think of a hill as a mound of opportunity. 
Mm-hmm. And actually, when you think of it like that, you can relate that to everyday life as yes. well. You know, think about these uphill struggles that we all face. You know, we all right. lead lives that are right. busy. But think of them, di- when you think of them differently, think of it as a mound of opportunity. Think of your life, these struggles that we face as a mound of opportunity that we're climbing. Yeah. And we'll get to the top. It might take some of us longer than others to get to the top. Right. But we're going to get there. Yes. Beautiful. So it's Mar- fantastic. Beautiful. It's so yeah. beautiful. I'm I'm pumped just listening to you and, and, and talking <laughs> to you. I, I feel like I could run I could run a marathon. Yes. I have no There's idea a how to. <laughs> so Mark, take us down your path of where you met mental illness and why you devote your passion to running okay. for mental illness and okay. tell us so what been, you do. Okay, so it's been fairly recent actually. So um so two years ago, so back in twenty eighteen. Um, so I live quite a busy life. Um, I have a, I have a family, I have uh, grandchildren. Um, you have grandchildren? Yeah. Wait, yeah. So, what? So, oh, I know. I know. So they keep us really busy. And then obviously I run a business as well, bed and breakfast. Um, so we lead busy lives as we all do. Wait, wait, um, wait, wait. Pause. How old are you? Oh my God. I'm, I'm just 45. like. Oh my five next Tuesday. Oh my God. Okay, people, the audience are not seeing you, but like, <laughs> oh, my head is just melting now. Like I'm sitting in front of a grandfather that I thought is maybe 30, 32. <laughs> like maybe I knew I liked him, I tell Wow. Okay, go on. Okay, so you're so we all lead busy lives, don't we? Okay. Um and I just felt so so looking back, I mean looking back when you reflect on things, you can sort of see the triggers, but basically June twenty eighteen. I hadn't been feeling good for a good month to six weeks, um, just feeling a bit low. I was crying uncontrollably. Uh, I wasn't sleeping very well at all. I was agitated. I mean, it was it, it was the common symptoms of depression. Um, and I just wasn't feeling myself. So so I went to the GP and uh, the doctor and, and she said, what's wrong? And I just walked into her and just burst into tears. She said, it's interesting. She said, because lots of people come in here and they say, I'm depressed. Mm-hmm. or I have anxiety. She said, but you haven't said that. But she said, what you have done is you've described all the symptoms. And at that time as well, uh, I was having panic attacks, which were debilitating mm-hmm. and just awful. Wow. Um, physical. Uh, I, I, I felt like I was having a heart attack. Um, I was crying through them, didn't really know how to deal with them. Um, life was not good. And, and, and I think in hindsight, it was just that everything I do and I strive to do and in my life just got too much and mm. and that boiling pot just boiled over um were you running and it was interesting for me uh, Sorry, I, just... I was i was running um but interestingly i'd run a marathon um two months before and it didn't go very well and i think that um alongside some other sort of some friends had some illness some serious illness i think there was a succession of things um that built up and, mm. and added to that boiling pot okay and i just boiled over um and i found it hard i found it very very hard to first of all face it um and actually the the doctor was just fantastic to me and and it's emotional talking about it but she she said look you're an athlete she said oh, i'm going to explain it this way she said your brain is a muscle in the same way as your heart is a muscle or your hamstring she used the hamstring as a, as an analogy um she said it's unwell you know you've torn your hamstring you've hurt your brain. We need to diagnose it. We need to get you some treatment and then we need to strengthen it. And I just thought that was a fantastic metaphor for a runner and, and for a man that was struggling 
being labelled with having a mental illness and depression and anxiety. Because if if I'm completely honest, you know, I think I've been surrounded. My background is t- the television industry, and I, and when I look back at my career, there were so many people struggling. And mm. and at that time, and it's probably the same in the US. People didn't really talk about mental health or poor mental health. Um, and that's why I'm so passionate about it, because we must talk about it. And mm. I will keep banging the drum because right. it's so, so important. In mm. the same way, my love for running is about physicality and physical health. Our mm. mental health is as important, if not more important, wow. because it gives us, it helps us in our everyday and it helps us to live our lives and fulfill our lives properly. So yeah, so I was diagnosed in June 2018 um, and we have quite a long process in the UK with um, finding counsellors and things. I, I, I looked at traditional therapy, I did some CBT, um, I went to some group counselling and I just found it just wasn't for me. And, mm-hmm. and I understand that it's not for everybody right. and it does help some people. Right. Um, but breathing around a door frame just isn't for me. So. Right. I needed something more tangible, I think. Um, I just remember really clearly, I came back from a group counseling session and they spoke a lot about diet and uh, my diet is generally quite good. And they spoke about exercise and, and taking small steps. Um, and I just remember sitting in that room and it was an hour of this presentation and I, and I just was looking out the window and just thinking, this just isn't for me. I just don't feel well. I need to get out of here. So anyway, I, I finished the session. And I walked home and I thought, I need to do what I know and that I love and what's best for me. And I put my running shoes on. Are you serious? And I went out, and I went out for a run. And wow. And it was just amazing. I didn't, wow. you know, I didn't wear a watch. I felt, I felt free. I felt like my illness was lifted off my shoulders. Um, wow. And I look back and I don't know where I ran. I don't know what the route was. Um, wow. But that was the start of my therapy, I think, in a way. Um, and it was, and it was a re, it was a way of me processing things and accepting things. Um, and, and that's not to say I was okay straight away. Of course I wasn't. Um, and I sit here two years on and I am so well. Um, I'm still taking antidepressants, but I'm hoping to, to be off my medication soon. And life is brilliant. But I think what I've learned in those two years is that now I know what the triggers are. Mm. Um, I've learned to say no more. Oh, boundaries, <laughs> Which boundaries. Which we all need to do, don't we? Boundaries, we do. And yes. not feel guilty about it. Yes. Um, and that's the family it. and that's the friends and that's yes. the partners. Yes. And, you know, whoever it is, I've learned yes. that it's okay to say no. Um, and I no. think the good thing for me is, and, and I know a lot of people struggle with this, I wanted to get better and I wanted to talk about it and talking and hope and, and, and holding on to hope. Mm. Um, and, and it sounds cliched really taking one day at a time. Yes. Um, and I guess my running helped in that respect because you know, the similarities I explained between running and mental health is the same as in a marathon, take one mile at a time. So I knew that actually let's focus on today and not worry about tomorrow or the next mile. Um, let's worry about now and where I am now. So I think that helped me as well as having supportive friends and family, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember my sister saying a thing to me and it was interesting because it, it, it's around the time that I joined Instagram because I've only been on Instagram about 10 months or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, she just said, do what you need to do and don't feel guilty about it. And what mm-hmm. she meant by that, it was just such a good piece of advice. Um, because she meant, if you want to sit and watch the TV all day, watch the TV all day. If you want to run all day long, <laughs> run all day long. You know, if you want to eat bad food, and I know you can't continue to do that, but what she meant was allow yourself your self-care 
and the time to do something that makes you feel better in that moment. Yeah. And that's okay. You know, that's right. permittable. And, and that's the same for everyone, you know, right. allow yourself some time. Um, and I think hope was a big thing for me. Uh, and looking forward again, you know, I talk about the mound of opportunity and, and, and thinking about climbing that mound and hopefully getting over the other side and being well again. Yeah. I have so many things that I want to say about this. Like I've been, I like, I have chills the entire time because I think that you are the epitome of success because you had the athletic part in you that you said, I just put my running shoes on. And I said, I know, I know how to fix my brain. I know what's good for me, which a lot of us that struggle with mental illness don't know. And we don't know where it went wrong and we don't know where it's broken. And now, okay, fine. Our brain is a little bit broken. There's a, there's a split disc in our brain. And now what do we do? How do we fix it? And and then we try antidepressants and different medicines and different things. And until, and it's a journey to find the right one. And I think you're so lucky. You're so lucky that you had the running because running is a huge part of healing. And you're also lucky that you had your support, your sister, your kind sister that gave you permission to stop. Yes. Gave yourself. So we so need that um, comfort zone of people that believe in us and say, you could stop. You must stop actually. In order to heal, you need to stop. And, And what you said about saying no, I can't emphasize the importance of that enough. I Actually, I don't even remember if I released this episode, but our last mastermind, we spoke about boundaries, how yes. important it is to say no. And uh, I recommended the book, The the Power of the Positive No, because a lot of my crisis when I, nine and a half years ago, when I w- found myself in the hospital from a panic attack and, yeah. and debilitating depression for two years, debilitating, and I had three kids, I couldn't get out of bed. I realized that it was all about the boundaries, the, that I, I never had boundaries and I didn't know. And I thought it was selfish to have boundaries. But then I realized when we don't have boundaries, we're killing the world around us because we're not showing up in the right place. And, And the mental health crisis for me, and it sounds for you, was the biggest gift you could have gotten yourself to live within the right boundaries, to live within the right yeses for yourself and knows that are okay because we must say no. And you don't have to give a reason. Sometimes it's just not, it's just not right for me at the moment. Right. And it's just right for me. And and we have a saying that I use all the time, you know, self first is not selfish. They're completely different things. Self first is not selfish. I love that. Okay. We have to, we have to make us a little post-it on that. So that is so important because people got this concept that, that when you say, no, you're selfish, you're not seeing the other one. And, and then we, we have mental illness crises because we, the, the pot is overboiling, spilling over. We can't tolerate the amount that we say yes to because we've saying no to ourselves. Yes. Fantastic. And another thing that I want to say that I so believe in, and I want to highlight it. You said you have to want it. You have to want it. And I tell a lot of people that come my way and listen to my podcast and know my journey. They'll say, "I, I want you to coach me through it. I want you to Tell me how I'm not a therapist. I'm not a healer, but I do know empathy and I know what it takes. I know the grit that it takes. And I always say, don't come to me if you're not ready and if you don't want it badly, because you will not be able to get there if you don't really want it. No. 
And right. I think, and I think that was absolutely key for me. And, and even if that's someone telling you what you need to do. And I remember saying to my mm -hmm. doctor, tell me what I need to do to be better because it was an awful way to be feeling. And that's why I want to help other people because I don't want anybody to feel like I felt. Awful. awful. And, that mot and that motivates me now because yeah. it's the most debilitating, horrible thing for anyone to deal with. Yes. And, and, and I don't want anyone else to be suffering like that. I so agree. And I said this so many times on the on the podcast that I remember where I was sitting in my room and I was just, that's it. I can't fight anymore. I can't. I'm like, give me hope. Like I did everything. I, I went to psychiatrist. I was doing all of my yoga, my meditation, my proper eating. And I'm like, is this going to ever work? Will I ever be the old Matana I used to be? I want to be that running around, having life, having so much going on to this and closing the shades and not wanting getting out, being afraid of my own shadow. And I remember standing at my window and I said, God, give me one sign. If I can get better, I will forever pay it forward yes. because I don't want anybody to suffer like I suffered. But at the same time, we cannot fix others. They need to fix themselves. We can sure. we can give them hope. We can give we can them give inspira them inspiration. We can empower them. Right? Yeah. We can give them empathy and sympathy. But what you said before, you need to want it. And you need to know what works for you. You, absolutely. And running works for me, but it right. could be baking, it could be needlework, it could be social media, it could be anything else. Right. Find what works for you. Right. And uh -huh. you might take some time to find what works for you. Right. Um, but and I think the other thing is is, is small things, and 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 I think self care is really important. Um, you know, self help and self care, but but just I mean. You know, people say to me, what did you, you know, I didn't, I was like you, Matana, I didn't want to get out of bed. I had no motivation at all. Um, but I would force myself to have a shower. That was a big thing for me. Just Huge. A or a shave. <laughs> so I looked good or looked better, which made me feel better. I would put on bright colored clothing. Mm you know, ridiculous yellow t-shirt yes. that I had, but I would put it on because yes. it made me, just lifted me just slightly. Yes. Um, and I'd put, an, uh, I'd put my aftershave on that I, you know, I have good, after, I have daytime aftershave and then I have evening aftershave for when I'm going out somewhere nice. I would put the evening aftershave on during the day because I knew I smelled good. That Amazing. made a difference to me. It's, yeah. it's often those small things. Yeah. Um, and they're achievements as well when you're feeling yeah. that low. It's small things that all add up. Right. But it's moving you forward. Yes. It's moving forward and it's moving in the right direction. Right. And and I think it's about giving yourself the time and allowing yourself the time. You took a long time to get to this stage of, mm. of feeling so unwell and being so unwell. The so breaking. it's going to take a long time to get better. Mm -hmm. I mean, I never thought I would be on medication for two years even. You know, mm -hmm. and here I am two years on. I'm not, I'm not ready yet, but I'm mm -hmm. close to... Right. Two years is a long time. Yeah. It Especially, takes time, yeah. but that's okay. That's okay. Right. And don't rush the process. As you Don't say. rush the process. Don't, because when you're hard on yourself, it backfires on you. It really, and we need empathy and compassion to ourselves. We can't ask the world to give us empathy and sympathy if we don't give ourselves. Selves. Self first. Yeah. Selfish. Yeah. So what were you like growing up? Did you ever have a moment of sadness like you can, ex that you experienced in uh, 2018? Was it familiar? Not really. It's interesting, isn't it? So I've, so I've, um, I've read a lot about depression and particularly in men um, and how 
more so in men, I don't know if it's UK based, but it probably isn't, um, but more so in men that uh, depression can man- manifest itself through childhood trauma. Um, mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is not not a parent dying necessarily, but maybe a divorce or um, a, a major car accident or um, something like that. So, so my parents did get divorced and I think that affected me mm-hmm. um, hugely. Um, and when I look back and reflect, it, it's... Uh, I always wanted to do better. I was that kid at school that wanted to excel at everything. And I don't know if that was subconsciously to try and please my parents, mm-hmm. um, which it did do, um, or whether that was a personal thing. So so I sort of carried that through my life. But I've not, you know, honestly, I, I've had a very good career. And, 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 this, and this is the thing, isn't it? You would look at my life and say, what a great guy. What a great life this man has had. I've well-traveled. I've... I don't have any financial worries. I've had a very good career. I'm fit and healthy. I've never had much trauma, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And yet, boom. And that's the other message that I want to get across to people is that it can happen to anybody at any point in their lives. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so important for us as as human beings to not be so judgmental um, about people or towards people and to show kindness because nobody knows what's going on in somebody else's life Mm -hmm. and that's where we need to show more compassion um, and kindness towards each other because who knows right who knows just because somebody is smiling it doesn't mean they're not in pain does it no and i look back at a photograph that i have and i was at a wedding and this was in the august and i hold it dear to me because i was really poorly at the time um but i had a moment where i was smiling because something made me laugh and Mm -hmm. and i held on to that photograph because that was me that is me that's Mm -hmm. mark who i am Mm -hmm. i'm a happy-go-lucky guy Mm -hmm. um, that loves life but i've just you know ended up with poor mental health for, for whatever reason um but it was just a reminder for me that that's who i am and that's who i will be again you know over that hill over that mound of opportunity that guy is waiting there again Mm. um and in a strange way it's it's sort of enriched mental health has enriched my life the subject because i've met the most wonderful people Mm. um in the last two years uh that have helped me hugely they saved saved our lives lives. really our support our community saved our lives because without community and support it's really hard to get through the darkness with all the motivation and everything it's really really hard to to get up there and and to believe in ourselves when we're so depleted and when we're having a panic attack after panic attack and we just don't want to get out of bed and we want to go back to our old self and we're like where's our old self what happened it's when a physical injury happens it's so much easier because we see the healing and i was just interviewing a neuroscientist and she says the part of the problem of of healing with brain injury with trauma whatever we can't see the process of healing even though if we go through a scan we'll be able to see it with the pause with gratitude with with running with exercise eating properly we could see this but it's not yeah. visual to us on a no. day-to-day basis so it's we don't have the positive reinforcement going on and, and saying okay it's going to get better it's going to go better and it's really 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 hard to keep on doing the exercise when we don't see the immediate change. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And that's why sometimes you need the people around you to mm. see that change in you. Right. Um, and it's not just about the visual, is it? It's the fact that for many years, it's been stigmatized. You know, people with mental illness or poor mental health have been marginalized because yeah. of it. Yeah. It should be the opposite. And it, and it's interesting. I remember that the day I was diagnosed, interestingly, um, I and I talk about stigma here, I actually ran a race that night, believe mm. it or not. Wow. So um, I don't know how I got myself there. I, I called the train. I didn't feel safe enough to drive. But I, I, I went to this race, and it's a local race that, that's put on through the summer. Um, and I saw a guy there that I uh, is, is from my club, and he said, "Oh, how are you?" And I said, "Oh, I'm, I'm fine." You know the usual response. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, how are you? And he said, oh, got a bit of a head cold. I said, oh, are you not racing? So so, mm-hmm. so as, as an athlete, you say, oh, are you racing? Which means you're going to run the race mm-hmm. as hard as you can. Right. So I said, oh, are you not racing? He said, no, no, I've got a bit of a head cold. And he said to me, are you racing, Mark? And I said, no. And that's where I stopped. Wow. And there lies the stigma. Wow. Because I should have said, no, actually, I've just been you know, diagnosed with depression or you know, I'm right. struggling a bit with my mental health. And that's what we need to change. Yes. It's yes. permittable for him to say he has a head cold, so therefore right. he's not going to run hard. Right. But it's not okay for me to say, actually, I'm dealing with a lot of you know what now. Right. And I'm struggling big wow. time. And that's really powerful. And that's why we must continue to talk about it to help end this stigma around yeah. mental health. Because like you say, it's not visual. Healing is not visual for someone with poor mental health, but equally, it's still not as acceptable as it should be to be able to talk about it mm-hmm. openly. What do you think gave you that courage when you were feeling not well too? Because a lot of times, especially, I, I don't want to like stigmatize, but with men, they have a very hard time sure. talking about it. Women have, uh, females have an easier time expressing yeah. their emotions in general, but with men, especially go-getter men that yes, are like, oh, yes. we're, we're a man, we're not weak, and they can yes. see it as weakness. How did you not let that come between you and your, your successes? I, I, think it's, I think it's just perspective again. I, for me, yes, I'm a man, um, but I also have feelings, um, mm-hmm. and, and I guess I've been raised in an environment where, as a man, it was okay to cry, and it was mm-hmm. okay to show feelings. Um, albeit my dad was, um, from a construct, the construction industry, you know, so they were very masculine men mm-hmm. that didn't talk about anything. Um, but I'm a sort of a, I'm quite a sensitive guy as well. And that's not to, you know, talk about cliches or anything, but for me, talking was part of my therapy. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you're only, you're only saying how you feel, you know, in the simplest terms, you're mm-hmm. saying how you feel. So to me, that made sense to tell people how mm-hmm. I felt or that I was struggling with something. And yes, it may not be something tangible in someone's eyes that I've broken my arm or something, but actually this is, this is harder. This is right. tougher. My poor mental health is tougher than me breaking my arm. Yeah. Um, for the reasons we've already spoken about that, you know, you can't see it. You can't see the healing and people don't all understand what's going on. So it wasn't, it wasn't difficult for me to talk about it. And I, and I think as men, especially the more men that talk about it, the easier it will become. Mm-hmm. And there are lots of groups now that are forming that help men yes. deal with things, you know, more easily. Um, and interestingly, running again, um, sort of facilitated that. It's I had a run a couple of weeks ago with 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 a guy, and because you're not actually looking at each other, so when you're running, you know the very art of running, right. we're looking forward. Right, right. Because we're running alongside each other, actually, right. you're not. If you're talking about something that's really deep and maybe heavy and very personal, 
you're not actually getting eye contact with each other. And right. I think that just makes it a bit easier like for that. people to open up. And, and he was talking about some really personal things. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I think that's the luxury of running. And, and interestingly, people say, you know, if you think someone is struggling, you know, maybe offer to go for a coffee. But I think actually sometimes going for a walk or going yes. for a run is better and is easier. Nice. Because it's a bit more detached, isn't it? Nice. Um, because you're not in their face looking at them. Oh, so that can make fabulous. it fabulous. I love that. Yeah. I never thought about that. But yeah, sometimes a walk side by side is easier to open up when you're or walking the dog. Do you want to yeah. come for a dog walk with me? Yeah. You know, it's yeah. easier to open up because what it's just insight. less personal. What an insight. Wow. Yes. So how often do you run for mental health now? Like for the so, big cause, what happens when you run? Is this a charity? What goes uh, on? Okay. So very. So, so I probably run, I actually physically go out running maybe five times a week. Mm-hmm. Um, so I belong to a local running club. Um, so I do races every so often, but again, it's, it's been interesting because the last two years has given me a complete different perspective on pretty much everything I do. So even my running now, it's less about achieving. It's more about, get, it's more about taking something from every race and largely something positive mm-hmm. um, from every race that I do. And, and again, the similarity with mental health, you know, if you can pick out one thing from the day that's been positive, that means you're moving forward. Yes. And the next day and the next day and picking out these positive moments in a mm-hmm. day. I've, d- I've got a completely different perspective. So I've, had um so so i did a race on the weekend a half marathon i've entered my first ultra marathon which is in august really uh, so an ultra marathon is 50 kilometers which is 31 miles yeah um you'll do I it i think i yeah i think i'm not really i'm not really into longer distances uh-huh. um, so it will be a real big challenge for me um, mm-hmm. but my friend sold it to me as a um she said look at it as a long distance picnic mm. so there i signed up okay. so uh yeah, so that'll be different. But but uh, uh, I started a running group as well last um, August, which mm-hmm. is called Run Talk Run. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a running group, unusually, um, where it's not really about the running, it's about the talking. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're, we're a mental health support running group mm-hmm. and we're part of a national um, organization. Um, and I just saw an advert for it on Instagram mm-hmm. and I thought, my gosh, if, if I'd had something like that when I was poorly and um, that would have really helped me. Um, and what it does really, it just, it just makes running a mental health support a bit less intimidating and a bit more accessible for people. Wow. Um, and we meet every week and we run a five kilometer uh, route, um, but we run at the slowest person's rate, pace. So it's not about pace. It's not about speed. It's about um, movement. Like I say, it's more about movement and showing about up, showing, showing up, yes. creating a safe environment nice. for you to talk about things should you want to. Wow. Um, and it's just about supporting and listening and about community. And, and it was really, you know, when I started it, so I started last August, um, I had a panic attack on the way to, to the run because I was anxious about leading it um, and having to talk in front of people. But it was just the most amazing feeling um, and sense of accomplishment. Yeah. Um, And it was interesting because I, uh, the founder who is is a lady called Jessica Robson, she has a fairly similar story to mine. Um, But I saw her speak recently and she said, uh, I just want everyone to remember that when you come to Run Talk Run, we give you the permission to turn up as you are. Mm. as yourself whatever that means and she also said which was great for me as a leader it's the same for the leaders Mm. you know they are struggling some of them are still struggling we give them the permission to turn up 
as mm. their selves and as who they are. And that's fine. So it's this wonderful, supportive community that we've wow. created. Um, How often? Five, every week? So, so we meet every week. Um, and just to give some context to the group. So back in um, 2017, so, so the lady, that, the founder of the group, so she was, um, so as a teenager, she struggled with an eating disorder. Um, and then as she grew up, that manifested itself into, into depression um, and, and social anxiety. And at the time she was living in London and like London, I guess, like New York can be a very isolating place, particularly if you're by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was really struggling. So, so every weekend she would go home and she would, uh, which was down on the South coast and she'd visit her parents and her mum was a runner, mm. ironically. And she would go for a run with her mum on a Sunday. And she just said very quickly, I, I realized that I was opening up to mum and just talking a bit more about my problems and, and, and I felt better for it. So she had the idea that she would start um, a running group herself in London to try and replicate that. So, so she set it up on Instagram. She was outside a, a, a well-known tube station uh, in, in London and she said, nobody came. Nobody came. Nobody came. So she did oh. the five kilometer run by herself. Second week, nobody came. Third week, she would post. Came. Wait, she posted on Instagram. I'm going for this post run. Post on Instagram. I'm running. It's a safe space if you want to come and talk about your mental health. It's just and a she, running group. And whatever. And she, she told everybody where she's going to run, what time, yes. show up if you want to. Free. You don't have to just come. Free. Just turn up. All abilities. We run at the slowest person's pace. She was she she was she was considering stopping it, she said, because it wasn't actually helping her own mental health. Um, but so she tried to work out what it was that might be stopping people. So she managed to arrange uh, a meeting point at a cafe where people could drop their bags should they want to. Anyway, she said six people turned up. Oh, my God! So, this, so which was amazing. Time, so wait, the fourth, fourth, time. fourth time six fourth people time. came? Strangers. Yeah. So, strangers. So this, just strangers. So <gasps> this grew. Um, so this was in October 2017. And then someone saw what she was doing in another part of the UK, in, in the northern part of the UK, and um, said, I'd really like to do it in my home city. So she said, okay, why don't you set up in your home city? So this was back in 2017. So there was October 2017, one run, one leader, one mission as of January 2020. I'm about year, to get chills. <laughs> there are 80 runs. Oh my God. 110 leaders. Oh my God. But the same mission. Oh my God. And, and to be part of that is just oh. amazing. I'm crying. It's amazing. I'm just, I'm just crying because it just shows the power of showing up. Absolutely. And and doing what you want to do because and never saying there's enough help out there. Can you, it's just like and if she would stop after two times or three times because she was alone, all these eighty runs would be empty and struggling yeah, people that didn't have a sense of 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 a community and belonging to a place that they could just be and feel okay, not being and okay. And be who they want to be. Yes. And be who they want to be and. And, and the only way I can describe it, Matana, is it's like, you know, and I don't want people to get the wrong impression. Don't think we, we turn up and we run and all we talk about is mental health. We don't. But it's like, a big, it's like a big hug. Oh, that's what it is. And, so it, and it's knowing that you're in a place that's safe and that you can talk about things should you want to. You don't need to talk about anything if you don't want to. And it's just been amazing for me, both as a person, as a leader, 
um, for me personally, but more importantly for everyone that comes to the run and they come back. You know, we started in Southampton, which is where I'm based. Last August, there were three of us. We meet every Tuesday. Last night, there were 13. Sometimes there's 18. And nice. But for me, it's never been about the numbers. Right. Um, it's about what it means to people and so, people come back. So, so it must be working. So um, powerful. So beautiful. And it, absolutely. And actually, it's very simple. It's right. very simple. We are a running group that support mental health. That's beautiful. It's That's a very just... simplistic concept, but it's, um, and I, I often read, I might share this with, with your listeners. If yes. it's okay. I often yes. read this to the group at the start because it, it perfectly encapsulates for me what, what the group and the run is about. And, and as I say, I often read this to the runners when they come. We are so much more than just running. We are supporting. We are cheerleading. We are listening. We are talking. We are just being with each other. No matter what being looks like for you, whether you're feeling sad, nerd, happy, anxious, indifferent, joyous, energetic, confused, lost, we understand. We get it. We're here if you want to talk about it, and we're here if you don't want to talk about it. Beautiful. Beautiful. Wow. You are just an inspiration, a joy, a spark to the world. Like I, I am just in, I, I'm, I'm, I'm full of goosebumps of your journey and this, this passion that you have to break the stigma and to let others feel not okay and be safe and, and to want, give them the, the hope and the will and the desire Absolutely. to want to be okay, to, to not want to stay in the mud stuck, but to have that desire to push forward, even if it's just a tiny little bit today of putting on a yellow shirt, you know, yes. that's a success. Yes. Or your best, your best after show. Yeah. Yeah. I always say, I don't know what it is about a shower, but it's so funny that you said a shower before, because for me, one of the greatest, greatest moments of achievement during my darkest moment was showering. Yeah, having a shower. I showered. That was like, wow. Yes, yeah. It and is, it's a simple thing. Whereas yeah. a bath, I feel like you're, dr you're drowning. Right, right. And it's often those small things, isn't it? And that's why I say color is so important. Mm. Put the bright colors on it. it trust me, it makes right. you feel better. It lifts mm. you. It does I lift you. I had a friend that used to come to my house and open the shades and say, get out of bed. And she was to say to someone, put some makeup on her. She needs to get out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Same thing. And it's these small things, isn't it? And it's finding what works for you and finding those small things and giving yourself that time. It, yeah. take, it will take time. It does yeah. take time, but you'll get there. Yes. You will get that. As, as Mark says, one foot in front of the other, and it could be a tiny, tiny, tiny baby step. Yes. But as long as you're moving, even if in your mind you're, you're positive and you're like, okay, fine, I'm going to try better tomorrow. Don't be hard on yourself if you had a bad day. Forgive yourself. It was a hard day. I survived today. I didn't kill myself today. Wow. An achievement. I'm yeah. having hope for tomorrow. Wow. I slept through the night without three panic attacks. Wow. Like all these things are huge. Really, really, really big. By the way, I wanted to ask you, are you married? I'm happily married to a man. Okay. Um, so we've been together 20 years. 20 years. Yeah. 20 years. So, uh, yeah, really, really happy. And, um, how did you meet? 
we met uh, we met in a pub okay and uh and andy was married before mm-hmm. and so has three children okay and then i helped raise those children which has wow. been amazing and hence i have four grandchildren wow and do they all live near you they're about an hour away from us. But, so uh, everybody's together in the same area. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, it's not far. And wow. and the, and and I think of my grandchildren, and they just oh, they just warm my heart. Just, amazing. It's just the most amazing, amazing thing. It's amazing um, that you treat them like your own. Yes, but they are. They they feel like they're mine. I mean, it's uh, yeah. That's just that's, just, that's, just amazing. Um, what's your husband's name? His name is Andy. Okay. And, and uh, was he supportive, super supportive when you were going? Yeah, just, do you know what? He just, he was whatever, whatever works, whatever, whatever you need to do. And that's, and that's not to say he didn't push me sometimes. So, so the day, the day I went to start Run Talk Run, my running group, um, and I had this panic attack, I said, I can't do it. I can't do it. And he said, get out of the car. You can do this. Motivating you. Yeah. Yeah. But he probably and knew I guess that's having far. someone that yeah. knows you exactly and knows what you're capable of. I was just about to, to say push that. you. Yeah, how yeah. much to push and how much to say you don't yes. have to. So and he that, knew that, that you. Yes. Boundaries, doesn't it? Yes, and he knew that you needed that push. Yes. And you won't yeah. be resentful. But it, he probably also knew that if you couldn't do it, he would say, "It's okay, Mark. Try tomorrow." Yes. And that's the balance of true true connection and understanding and support is when you push them for their good or for your good, right? That's yes. such a yes. hard balance. And, yes. and we're so lucky when we have it in our life, someone that knows us so well to know how to motivate us and how to be empathetic when we need the empathy and sympathy to back yeah, up. Yeah, and, th- and it's hard, isn't it? Because I know not everyone has that, but mm-hmm. it's but there are there are so many kind people out there, and right. and for all the negative comments that social media get, mm-hmm. um, and much of it is justified. Right. I honestly, I've met some amazing people that I call friends now that I've been able to reach out to when I've needed it because I know they understand. Yeah. And equally, they reach out to me because they know I understand. Yes. And, and, and that's progress, isn't it? Right. And, and yes. many of them give me hope. And I spoke about hope earlier. Um, and I hope that, and, and I look forward to the day that I'm not taking medication anymore. And that will be soon, I think. It will. It will. Um, and the first people I will tell are my running group. Yes. Yes. Because they mean the world to me. And, and the reason I'm telling them is to give them hope. Right. And sometimes I say this a thousand times and my audience knows it very well. You have to sometimes get on the medication in order to get well, to get off the medication. Yes. And medication is not bad. It's a journey. It's a tweaking. It's a, it's something that helps us really get through the dark, dark, dark time in order to work through the, whatever we were suppressing all the years. When we are deep down in the depression or fighting panic attacks, we can access the brain part that is in trauma and be able to heal it and go through and repair those injuries. We need sometimes the drugs to be able to elevate us i agree and 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 to me it was just a crutch it was just Mm -hmm. something to hold on to and and don't be down about taking medication i think it's you know providing it's prescribed of course um i it was never an issue for me because if it's going to help me in those darkest moments Mm -hmm. then i'd rather be helped i'd I'd rather be helped and and that's all part of the journey um yeah Hopefully I'll sit here very soon and say that I'm not on medication yes. um, anymore. And that's amazing. 
Um, but equally, if if I find in the future that I need it, then I wouldn't hesitate to go yes. and see the doctor again we're because I know to, it works. And we're lucky to have them, right? We're so we lucky are. to have we them are. to be able to access when we, we really need it. I remember the joy that I had when I got off the medication and but the same amount of gratitude for the time that I had it because I would not be where I am today, guaranteed if not for my medication. And when I was able to wean off of it and go through all of my garbage and stuff and process it, it was just like, uh, and and then I was able to feel secure. Okay, I can work with it. I, I have the tools now to work through an anxiety attack, to through emotion, to not, to notice when I'm going down, to stop myself before I go all the way down. I, I know I we acquired the knowledge through all these years. And then I just felt like I had my brain back again. I'm yes. like okay, I, I'm 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 working with my full self. It was it was a, a sense of freedom again. It was like oh, I could do this. But yes. I also know that if I ever have to, just like you said, if I ever have to go back, they're there to okay. to get my back. You know, absolutely, it's your crutch. It's okay. Yeah. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah, and some people live with it, and it saves their lives. It yes. really saves their lives and it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. And you can always tweak them and you can always try different medications. If you think sometimes the, the side effects can be hard. There's so many medica uh, drugs out there that we can work with. We're so lucky. Yes. We're really, yes. really I saw, lucky. I, I saw my doctor the other day and she said, I said that I'm, I feel ready to come off, mm -hmm. off the medication. And she said she was concerned about how long I felt well for. So yeah. I said, well, I felt really good for about six months. Um, and she said, we don't recommend you come off antidepressants during the winter months. Right. Because yes. we, as we all know, yes. weather can, yes. can affect mood. Right. Um, and right. particularly with the weather we get in the UK, right. <laughs> where right. it's dark and right. raining. Right. like it is today um so i thought that was good advice you know think about yeah. the summer maybe maybe think of coming off uh approaching a vacation or a time that's going to be happy if you're going to a family wedding or right. a gathering um and do so it slowly by the way place. and do it slowly slow yes. slow yes. slow and yes. always with a doctor's permission and monitoring of course and be it's not an easy process coming off no. of medication i no. want all my audience to know it is not easy no it's not because no, she did ask me if I'm anxious about it and I said I am anxious because mm -hmm. it's been my crutch of course it has right. for right. the last two years right um but do you know what I feel ready if it works fantastic mm -hmm. if it doesn't work then I'll have to go back on it and yeah. that's okay as well what, right. whatever it takes whatever and it sometimes takes. it's reducing the dose to half of it and that's enough yes. of what we need and but yes. uh, Mark I'm telling you from experience do it very slowly because slowly. Be what happens is, and I want my audience to hear this, when you go, I tried it twice. Once I was was not ready and once I was ready. And and when the first time when I was doing it so slowly and I was on two different medications and we were first, we weaned off of one and I'm like, oh, now I could get off the other one. The other one was much harder. And I'm like, and I was really suicidal when I was weaning off. And I'm like, I don't understand. I was well. He's like, but it was the medication telling you that you were well. I said, it's okay. What am I supposed to do? And we, we tweaked it. I went back on the medication. Then I wanted to get pregnant. So I, he said to me, listen, if you want to get pregnant, you need to be off the medication. And yes. I went and it was a slow, 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 slow getting off of it. And he's like, if you get pregnant, you cannot get back. My OBGYN told me you cannot go back on it. Like I'm not letting you. So you have to be really sure that you're okay. And I went down to the smallest, 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 smallest yes. dose. 
and I was feeling okay. And then I got pregnant, but then the hormones kicked in and it was my whole new self that I didn't recognize. It was a really hard time, really hell, like hell. But I had my healer. I went through it. I never went back on. Never. Done. It was done. So it, but it takes, it's a new you that you're going to find. That's what I want everybody to hear and you, Mark. It's going to be the new you that is a little bit more raw and vulnerable, a little bit more sensitive. Everything is a little bit brighter and, and everybody that touches you is a little bit more strong. Every word, every vibration is harder, but it's, a, it, it, it just, it's, a, it's getting used to the new you and knowing now that you're stronger, what to put into place in order to be able to be the new you, more no's, more boundaries, more, yes. more downtime, whatever it is, more self care. But, but just know that it takes time, and it's going to be a new you, yes. and that's okay. okay. That's don't expect, advice. don't get expect to be the old Mark. No, it's going to be a different Mark, probably on a higher joy when you get off the medication. It's going to be like a yes. higher, higher, but it's going to be a process, a process, and do it slowly. That's all I beg people. Do it slowly and be kind to yourself. Take months. It could take two to three months. It's not like a week. It could take a little bit gradually, gradually and with your doctor slowly and see what's happening. Keep a journal. Keep a journal. When what, what did I feel today? How did I start off the day? How did I end the day? And then you can look back and see where you're holding. Very important to monitor it, okay? Because yeah, otherwise you, you can have a relapse and then you get so hard on yourself. Oh my God, I thought I was well. I'm never going to get better. No, yes. don't go there. Don't go okay. to I'll never get better. Right now, maybe I need a half a dose. Maybe I need a little bit longer. Maybe, maybe it's not the right time. That's okay. Yes, yes. Thank you. <laughs> That's great advice. Okay. And um, I'm happy that we ended on that note. Um, I want to ask you for two questions. One, what is your dream now that you went through this and you're in the running um, for run feel? What is it? Run Run, talk, run. Run, talk, run. And and just like this movement of uh, breaking the stigma around mental illness and bringing more awareness. So what's your big dream for yourself in this? Okay, so yeah, tough question. So for Run, Talk, Run, I would love it to be, there be a group like it in every city in the world. Mm-hmm. So it's accessible for everybody should they need it. Mm-hmm. For myself, it's difficult. I, there's so much I want to do with mental health now. I just, I just want to help people to understand that it's not the end for you. Mm-hmm. You can still live a perfectly fulfilled life with poor mental health, yeah. um, and that there is help out there, and there's support out there, and and for people to just look out for each other and just to show kindness and be kind. Mm-hmm. Um, because you don't know what people are going through. So to just be that role model for the world. Absolutely. And keep on saying it over and over and over and over and over and over until the world starts accepting it. Absolutely. And, yeah. So there's no stigma. Yes, yes. Breaking that stigma. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Mark, what does the word hope mean to you? Hope means a new day. Hope means seeing the sunshine, seeing a brighter day. And feeling better. Is hope something that you always carry with you? I think we all need hope in order to improve um, and to move forward. Mm-hmm. I think I think we have to carry hope because without hope, what is there? Right. Beautiful. Mark, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for opening up. Thank you for being a role model. Thank you for inspiring us. And thank you for creating a community, a safe community for those that are struggling and to have a sense of I'm not alone. And you don't have to be a therapist to give support. You could just give a smile, a heart, time, and that's enough, right? 
So Absolutely. thank you so much for joining. Oh, you're me more here. than welcome. Anytime. And I, and I'm sure, and uh, I'm going to check in with you in a year or two and see how Run Talk Run is going around. The oh, world. fantastic! I'd love yes, that. Thank and you. we'll see. We'll see where where we are. Maybe we'll do another episode once you decide to get off your um your medication to yes. see the journey. Maybe we could talk about that and share yeah, with fantastic. the audience. Yeah. Okay. And, and there's lots of exciting things going on. So it's, I'm uh, sure. Yeah, I'm good. sure. You yeah. see, you sound like a big doer. So. <laughs> yes, yes, a big doer. So I'm, I'm, I'm so honored to have had this conversation with you. And if anybody wants to reach you, how do they find you on Instagram? So they can find me on Instagram. Um, my profile is run for the number four MH mental health run for mental health or else run talk run Southampton. Okay, fine. Go check him out. You'll be inspired. You'll get your dose of Mark every day on Instagram. Okay. Anyway, if you want to follow us, go to hope to recharge.com. You can find all of our phenomenal episodes. You can also join our mailing list to get our inspiration, our latest episodes, what's going on in our community. And you can also join our Facebook community, Hope to Recharge, that we talk about whatever is going on in our lives, supporting each other and creating hope together. Hope you enjoy this. Bye till next time. Thank you for joining us and taking the time to listen. I really appreciate it. Please hit the subscribe button so you can hear further episodes. If you are listening to us on iTunes, please leave feedback and ratings below. Let us know if there's any topic that you would like to hear from us in the future. Bye till next time.